We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Some Dame updates? Question mark? Exclamation point? Ellipses? I don't know what's going on with this thing, Nick. Yeah, I don't even think Dame knows what's going on at this point. Uh, we got a couple notes on Cam Johnson, too. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Hit that subscribe button. Drop a review. But, Jack, where do we start? Well, we'll start with Damian Lillard. So from Chris Haynes, Nick, he went on his own podcast and sort of said this. He doesn't want to be on a team that is just stacked. He just wants a team that has a shot. If you look at the teams he's been on throughout his career, he's never really had a shot. Now, Chris Haynes is essentially Damian Lillard's mouthpiece, like Woj is Sean Marks' mouthpiece. So clearly this is coming from Dame himself, but... Just anything to read into, Nick? Because a lot of, well, maybe not a lot, because uh, it seems to be the Nets fans are split on the Damian Lillard trading for routes. But does this mean anything for Nets fans, for the Nets organization? It's really hard to say. I think looking at this, Jack, you could argue that maybe this is just trying to create a narrative. You know, if he does get traded from Portland, this is kind of like protecting him. Like, hey, I didn't want to go to a, a stack team. I didn't want to go to a super team. I just wanted to go to a team that had a chance. You know, obviously... The two mentioned teams that have been rumored the last month is Brooklyn and Miami. And Miami obviously was just in the finals, lost to the Nuggets. And they arguably have, you know, two star players, Jimmy Butler, fringe superstar, probably not quite at that level. They're stars, Nick. They're stars. We can't count them unless like Damien's criteria as well. Jimmy Butler isn't a top 10 player and Bam barely makes the all-star team. Look, I, I, yeah, sorry for interrupting. No, you're good. Some of this shit is ridiculous, man. That's like I said, I think it it could also just be kind of a narrative based thing. But uh, if you are really taking it for its exact word to word and literal statement the nets have no all-stars you know they don't have an all-star player on the roster uh they have maybe uh you know mikhail bridges will be that guy next year but as of right now he's not there and the closest thing they probably have to an all-star is nick glaxon who was like top 10 in the bigs last year and he obviously didn't really come close to making the team so um you know we're gonna get more of these little rumors and rumblings like we have over the course of the last week obviously dame and his agent met with uh the blazers front office today you know What does that mean? Will they come to a decision this week? I think everybody involved, you know, Blazer fans, Blazers, ownership, front office, 
NBA fans, Nets fans, Miami fans. We just want an answer. We want to know what's going on. I think no one wants to kind of sit on this because if you're trading Damian Lillard or you're trading for Damian Lillard, you're going to make other moves. You know what I mean? That This isn't going to be the last thing you do. So you need to make sure you're kind of prepared for those next steps. And you don't want to miss out on guys because we saw that kind of happen to the Nets, you know, an off season ago when KD requested a trade. And next thing you know, you know, there were some potential free agents that were going to sign when free agency started, kind of got spooked by the request, rightfully so. And the Nets missed out on those names. Yeah, look, as Nets fans, we can relate to this saga. <laughs> to, to, so if there are yeah. any Portland Trailblazers fans listening, just know we feel you guys. We've gone through this the quite a bit. The is really it, similar. <laughs> it is, and it's exhausting, man. Like, if we didn't do this podcast, which I'm very grateful that we do, I'd be muting Dame, Damien, and, and Lillard on Twitter. Like, it, those words would just be muted. Like, I've already muted Donald and Trump. Like, <laughs> those words would be added to, to the goddamn list because it is just like... I love discussing this sort of stuff with you. I love discussing anything and any next topic with you, Nick, but it is getting to the point where it's just like, let's just go one direction or the other. Like, let's figure this shit out, Dane. Like, Chris Haynes is probably getting all of the interactions and getting some increased listens on his podcast. I don't know whether we are because I think probably some of our listeners are, might Tune be down. over <laughs> us speaking about the same thing. But at the same time, we kind of are too. But it, it's still worth discussing because they are updates, however minor they are. And as you alluded to, those words around, you know, they are just a shot. Give me a team that doesn't have stars. Yeah, then it's the Nets fit, fit that criteria. And maybe we should be reading into that more than, than we actually are. Maybe we should be reading into more about the fact that he had the meeting with the Portland Trailblazers today. Maybe we should be reading into the fact that there is signage that's being changed at the front of the Portland Trailblazers arena, Damian Lillard being taken down. Or maybe we just like dismiss it completely. Yeah. You can go one way or another, but I guess surrounding all of the the narratives, the rumors, and everything in between, Nick, has anything around your desire to get Damian Lillard to the Nets changed? Your desire as a fan, uh, like we've discussed this for since basically the end of the the Nets playoff run. Has anything changed about you in terms of the Nets getting Damian Lillard? Is like somewhere in this going, making you go, look, I'm over this. Let's just like, I'm more interested in speaking about Derek Whitehead, Jalen Wilson, and Noah Clowney in coming pods than speaking more about Damian Lillard and a Chris Haynes podcast excerpt. Yeah, I think the desire for it to happen sooner than later, you know, like I said, just good decision. You know, I don't think I've really changed in terms of do I want Damian Lillard on the Nets? It doesn't really impact that for me. I think you could argue that maybe it's not helping the trade value for him in Portland because now it's becoming more public. It's dragging out and then the offers are going to be less enticing, especially if it's really down to Miami and Brooklyn because of, as we talked about, the limited packages in which Miami can send you know, why would Brooklyn send a ridiculous package if their only competition is a team that can't, you know, offer more than three first round picks? Yeah, at the end of the day, I think we discussed this with so many different things. And when it relates to this trade and any trade for the Nets, it's about the package. Like yeah. if the Nets can get Damian Lillard for, obviously it's not going to be a Bradley Beal style of package because that's a completely different kettle of fish. Damian Lillard doesn't have a no trade clause, etc. And he's but a the Nets can get better it, player. Dame, Dame is, he is. and But in saying that, if the Nets can get him for, you know, reasonable picks, reasonable players in return, you do it. If it starts to get a bit lofty in terms of the compensation that the Blazers are asking for, they're asking for Mikel Bridges and Nick Clax and all these sort of things, then obviously you're like, you sure, Mark, you just hang up the phone because yep. 
I think in terms of leverage sort of play here, there's three parties to sort of look at. It's the Trailblazers organization, it's the Nets front office, and it's Damian Lillard himself. And obviously you can count the Miami Heat into this too. So I think we've discussed so many different points and reiterated different points that I think it's trying to bring a fresh perspective to all this. Some of this, yes, Nick, I still would love to have Damian Lillard on the Brooklyn Nets again. I think the more of this stuff that comes out, the more I just like, I uh, this deal better be worth it. Like, uh, <laughs> I, because uh, I I don't want to give up sal- like salary cap the future and stuff, but I also understand that Damian Lillard can make you a contender, like with Mikael Bridges and and maybe some some other fringe pieces uh, around it. Like maybe not a contender, contender, but you know, put you around the mark. So uh, I just a quote think unquote that- chance. <laughs> A quote-unquote chance. Yeah, that's all Damian Little wants. That's all Nets fans want. That's all any fan wants. So I think that the discussion around this is 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 fine. It's fun. Sometimes it gets a little bit toxic. Thankfully, we don't really engage in it a heap on Twitter. We save a lot of our takes for, for the podcast. At the end of the day, you know, we can ask, would you rather trade for DeJounte Murray? Would you rather trade for Trey Young? You know, Damian Lillard, someone else. You know, we had our dream targets. So many other guys that we've spoken about. Danny Lillard seems to be the most available out of all of these guys. That's probably why the discussion happens most in relation to him. Anthony Simons is now being brought up. We spoke about him a little bit. It's all the the plain and simple of it all. And I hate to be reductive and simplistic is all of these guys, whether it's Murray, Simons, Young, Lillard, you look at the package. If the Nets are getting these guys for a a decent and fair package that doesn't mortgage the future and allows them to have some sort of flexibility going forward to acquire another star in free agency or or another semi-big name, then you do it. And I'll be happy with it. Like whether it's Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard, Anthony Edwards, not going to happen, but (laughs) any, any of those sort of names, Nick. So I hate to, again, boil it down to one plain and simple point, but it's just going to be, what picks are you attaching? Is it the 27, 29 Suns picks that are going, probably going to be the most valuable? Is it going to be other ones that you've alluded to and packages that you've provided that seem a little bit fairer? And, and, and or one of the rookies to, to... that just got drafted. Well, one of the rookies that just got drafted, you know, give me, keep, let me please. You cannot include Derek Whitehead in any trade, Nick. No, I'm just. I, I think Clowney uh, probably makes more sense for them given they don't have a young big, but that's probably for another discussion. I guess one more question for you on the Dame stuff, Jack. Does um, his statement or the the report by Chris Haynes impact your thoughts on Dame potentially recruiting another star to Brooklyn? Would that be something that you think is less likely or the report is just kind of for the narrative right now? Yeah, I think as you alluded to, I didn't really think of it from the narrative side of things, but I think it is sort of that, you know, in terms of like, you're, he said earlier in the finals that he's not going to go to Miami if Miami wins it all. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't want to sort of do the Kevin Durant route of things, going to Golden State and have the the media on his back, but and all the fans or the Twitter discourse, etc. So I, I doesn't really impact me that much. I think that I'd. I think that it's not going to be like Dame's going to be like, okay, I'm cool with Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, and we're going to win a chip with these guys. I, I don't think that, you know, if you can go, hey, man, Giannis, you want to get traded to here? <laughs> hey, Luca, you want to get traded to here? Like, you, you're still going to shoot some texts and then and, and get in the DMs and, and have a chat behind the scenes. I, I think it's just all narrative nonsense a, a little bit, Nick, to be honest. Yeah. Anything else on Dame Jack before we move on? You know, obviously we're going to probably get another report in like 10 minutes, but as of right now, this is what we have. Yeah. Emergency pods will be flying left, right, and center probably through over the next couple of weeks for us Nets fans. But now nothing on that, Nick. I think something that is 
maybe we should have opened the show with, but. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cam Johnson, there seems to be continuing rumors around him. And I think the strongest links now seem to be towards Detroit. Monty mm-hmm. Williams obviously having the history with him. They have so much cap space to sort of throw a big offer sheet his way. How are you feeling about the Cam Johnson, You know his likelihood of, of kicking around in Brooklyn? Obviously taking into account that in previous episodes, we also discussed about Cam Johnson looking for places and what neighborhood in Brooklyn he wants to live in. So I think it's worth discussing this because I think this brings new life to restricted free agency where I think that there is greater likelihood that we could see Cam Johnson gone, but we also heard Brian Windhorst on his podcast speak about the Nets likely wanting to match offer sheets. There's a lot of things to discuss around this, Nick, and and Cam Johnson. How are you feeling, I guess, in the realm of Cam Johnson's future within the Nets organization? Yeah, I still feel pretty good about it. Obviously, Wendy has been on point, you know, the last year and a half in terms of reporting stuff. And he way- basically reported John Collins was going to the Jazz State without saying his name. Like, yeah. Wendy, when he points up in the air, when he's speaking on his podcast, that, that man does some, some some God's work when it comes to free agency. He knows what he's doing. He's pointing Cam Johnson to Brooklyn right now. That's the vibe you get if you listen to him on the podcast. He even mentions, I think on the pod, Tim Bontemps says, oh, let's talk about Cam Johnson. And Wendy's pretty much like, you know what? I don't even think it's worth it because I think that he's going to land back in Brooklyn. But as you mentioned, you know, James Edwards of The Athletic, who covers uh, the Pistons, talked about Cam Johnson today in one of his articles saying the Pistons can offer four years and a hundred million comfortably and maybe a little bit more. You know, I think that's where it more so gets scary. You know, if it's over that hundred million dollar mark, that's where you're starting to be like, do I really want to match? Is it time to call Detroit and maybe talk about a potential sign and trade? You know, is that something we should really do right now? So looking at it from that perspective, I think you could get nervous. Obviously the relationship is there, but at the same time, you would have to think that some of these GMs, you know, are aware of the new CBA and don't want to be the GM that makes, you know, the bad contract that they talk about, you know, this is exactly what you don't do with this type of CBA would be offer a guy like Cam Johnson, you know, of a fringe all-star contract. Cause I don't think he's that guy and probably won't be that guy in the future. Yeah. And, but you can also consider like how much is the cap going to go up during the duration of Cam Johnson's contract? Will it look more team friendly yeah. when the new sit? when the new TV rights come in. So I think there's, the Pistons there's don't multiple... have anybody. 
Yeah, and, and that's it. Like, you know, the Pistons are going to have to pay Cade Cunningham. They'll probably have to pay Jaden Ivey. You know, the the guys that have uh, one of the Thompson twins as well. So I think it, and, you know, Cam Johnson, if it's four years, like by the time, you know, some of those guys get their deals, it'll be overlapping. And and and, and so I think that uh, they are the, probably the, the suitor that I'm, I guess, most worried about because I want Cam Johnson to to stick with his his fellow twin in Brooklyn. And I think that there is a number, like there is a limit to it, Nick. And we can discuss what that limit is. You know, you alluded to Detroit can offer four years for a hundred million dollars. You know, I think that Winhorse said that the Nets would, would likely match that, as you alluded yeah. to. He said this. I think he'll probably get around ninety million. If a team comes hunting, he could approach a hundred million. Maybe not all guaranteed. I think the Nets will match up to that level. So if we see Cam Johnson sign four years, a hundred million dollars, player option, team options incentives etc then windy is on the money but if there is a team that goes why not 4-1-12 what's the difference 12 million is going to do for for us in detroit indiana houston you know if these teams strike yeah they've got to give the money somewhere at the end of the day with you know the, the tax sort of thresholds and, and those sort of things and the salary cap thresholds so i think cam johnson in this market in this free agency market worries me in terms of his future as a brooklyn net because it is just so shallow like it, it's essentially him and kyle kuzma are the two sort of top wings in free agency you know and jeremy grant maybe as well but it's just i have a good point about jeremy what is grant the number that, that i think is important before we touch on the number i think the dame Lillard thing sure. is connected to this as well because detroit is heavily interested in jeremy grant coming back and he has a great relationship with detroit and everything that's going on there and he really wanted to play there he didn't request a trade to portland so there's been talk about him going back to the pistons if dame does tra- request a trade Portland's likely not going to resign him. Jeremy Grant becomes someone they can sign. Now Cam Johnson has one less suitor, and maybe that saves the Nets a couple million dollars. So it's all kind of connected, all these different avenues. And even like the Pacers, like the Pacers could make a trade for somebody as well. So it's like there's a couple suitors right now, but that could quickly change depending on the dominoes of free agency. Yeah, there's plenty of dominoes and moving parts, as we sort of alluded to before the draft, that that obviously continues throughout the off season, especially in the crazy days of, of late June and July. So I think the the number, Nick, for me would be about that $100 million mark. You know, I think anything, you know, above 26 per annum, 26 million per annum, you know, 105-ish would, would make me feel a little bit, you know, irksome, I guess, because Cam Johnson's a wonderful player. and But I don't want to have a contracts where it's just that might be cumbersome going mm-hmm. forward in with this new CBA. You want to have that flexibility that a Mikael Bridges contracts give you. And obviously you have Ben Simmons, which is the complete opposite of that. And then you have to pay clacks in the future as well. So it's, there's a lot of things to consider and look, I'm hoping that it's just going to be, you know, there's a handshake deal behind the scenes as we sort of heard. And, you know, I've sort of said this Cam just takes the exact same deal as Miguel Bridges yeah. 490, 495, something like that. And those guys are just like, hey, we're in the same amount of money. Let's just like rent a, buy an apartment in, in Bushwick together or in Williamsburg together or, or whatever. So I think that I'm hoping that is the case. And I think that there is a stronger likelihood that there is some wink, wink behind the scenes. But at the, at the end of the day, there are still, as you alluded to, Jeremy Grant's future, Cole Kuzma's future. These sort of guys, if those guys go off the market quickly, you know, Sacramento signs Kyle Kuzma or whatever, that affects the Nets with Cam Johnson and his future within Brooklyn. And, you know, if what are Cam's priorities? Cam's priorities seem to be 
to just have a, a semblance of stability and enjoying life in Brooklyn seems to be really wanting to be back in all of his exit interviews and stuff. But at the end of the day, money talks money spoke with Monty Williams. That guy came back um, to an insane coaching yeah. deal. Maybe Detroit does the same with the cam Johnson and blows the nets out of the park. So there definitely is a limit. What's the limit for Unique? Yeah, I think you're around it. I think, you know, the the structure of the contract, you know, could matter too. Maybe it's not 27 every year or it's like starts at 27, works its way down or vice versa. You know, you could, as you mentioned, the cap potentially going up. I think 100 million would be great. If it was 105, you probably aren't losing sleep. And if it gets any higher than that, then you're really wanting it to be more incentive-based and like partially guaranteed on the last year. Or maybe it's not a four-year deal. Maybe it's a three-year deal or something like that. So I think- Ideally, you don't want a top 25, you know, a year, but if push comes to shove, you might have to, or if not, you consider the sign and trade. I think you have to be kind of quick and decisive about it too, because you don't want to get stuck in a position where you have to decide an offer sheet, because that's the worst thing that can happen is someone signs into an offer sheet and you're not matching. You lost them for nothing. Even if you do a sign and trade and gain, you know, a mediocre player and a few second round picks, like it's better than nothing. So I think that's probably where I'm standing. I think like you mentioned, though, I feel like 90% chance he's going to be back in Brooklyn. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the first deals announced in free agency, especially given how Wyndon Horse has talked about it. Yeah, and I, as you alluded to, it's about the Nets because you know the moving parts with the expiring deals, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, obviously Seth Curry is gone, but yeah. no, less than Seth Curry, but Patty Mills, Spencer Dimmy, these sort of guys. I think just all of those different assets that the Nets have and Cam Johnson as a player is an asset. So whether you pay mild overs for him or you go the sign and trade route, as you alluded to, the Nets just have to be getting stuff back in return because Seth Curry could have got traded at the trade deadline. I was I was pissed that he didn't and the Nets yeah. didn't get anything back for him because he's leaving. It's probably going to be Charlotte. It might be somewhere else. So that that's what frustrates me, the fact that it's. I mentioned the notion and the the saying derelict in your duty to to not you know get something back in return for a guy that is with with your organization and you can even if it's as you alluded to it's seconds just just add some stuff add some picks to to the war chest a, a guy on an expiring deal whatever it is so the Nets just need to keep and Sean Marks especially needs to make sure he keeps managing the roster and managing the assets at his disposal and keeps adding to them in in some form or fashion you know. The, the, if it's 110 plus, uh, as you alluded to, you know, we said, whoa, but then we look at it, oh, the, it includes all these different things. You know, We're likely to probably do a reaction pot as soon as he does sign. And if it is that inflated number, I'll be like, okay, what are the details of that yeah. deal? And you know, the, the, it's always you know looking to the nitty gritty of it all. And sometimes that takes a little bit to leak out. But in saying that, hopefully Cam J is staying in Brooklyn. Hopefully he sticks around with his twin. They find a nice place to live in the Brooklyn area, but we shall wait and see. There are yeah, funny I, things that have happened. If I guess if I had to make a guess, I feel like it'll come in at like 495 or 499 or something like that. I don't, I'm not sure it'll go over a hundred. I think the GMs are going to be a little bit smarter than people are giving them credit for just because of the real restrictions that I'll be in the new CBA. It's not like in the past where, Oh yeah, we just have to pay the luxury tax. Like, no, it's actually impacting your ability to improve your roster. But Jack, anything else before we move out of here? Nah, mate. I'm, I think we're all probably more confident that Cam J is a Brooklyn net going forward than Damian Lillard <laughs> is a Brooklyn net going forward. But, you know, by the next podcast, Cam Johnson could be in Detroit and Damian Lillard could be a Brooklyn net. Funnier things, crazier things have happened. Nets world, 
we have endured a lot of crazy insanity over the past two, three, four, since this podcast has started, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's been a wild ride, and this is going to be a great week. Jack and I are going to drop a ton of pods, you know, maybe even more than a pod a day at this point. But as always, check the buzz on all streaming platforms.